You don't know what cold is. I was frozen for a thousand years. You were? Ah, learn something dumb every day. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 24, Cold Warriors. Ben. I'm, yes. You know, most of the time my, my questions are very out, out there and goofy and ridiculous. This time... Hadn't noticed. Well, this well, this time is going to be a departure off the album. Putting today's to bed. No, we're not that podcast. Okay. <laughs> what was the most fun bonding experience you had with your father? Yes, this is Mike's therapy corner. Um, so sort of a an ongoing experience. Like when I was in high school, mm-hmm. right? So, so you know, like in elementary school and middle school. Like, you know, you've got you've got a, a strict bedtime and it sort of turns into more of a curfew and like less yeah. of a bedtime. So up through middle school, it was like, OK, like, you know, you got to be in bed by like 10 or whatever, because mm-hmm. getting me up in the morning was hard enough as is. So right. in high school, like uh, freshman, sophomore year or something, my dad discovered that like we had just gotten the sci-fi channel or something he discovered that quantum leap came on at 10 o'clock p.m every night and so he started watching that and then one night i just sat there like you know it, it was not a specific like your your specific time to like go to bed has been like rescinded Mm -hmm. i was just like I'm just going to stay up and watch Quantum Leap. I want to see so, that leap. And my dad didn't say jack about it. Mm-hmm. And so it was this like, uh, I was sort of pushing back on that boundary. But then also like my dad and I would just like watch Quantum Leap like every weeknight. And I got to stay up till 11. And like, it was pretty cool. And so, yeah, we just, we watched a lot of Quantum Leap. And it's sort of a weird like bonding experience. Okay. But it was... It was it was neat because it was sort of like our thing. Because my younger brother was still, uh, he still was young enough that he had a bedtime. Sure. And my older sister had gone on to college, mm-hmm. uh, and so that a- was. And you know, no bedtime in college. Oh boy, we st- probably still needed them. Uh, you can tell that to the many eight a.m. classes that I always assumed I was one hundred percent going to go to every time. <laughs> Oh, man, that is 100% the truth. You know what they say about assuming you're a dumb college student who took 8 a.m. classes. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so um, but so she was off at, at college. So like it was this like this this uh, little time frame or it was just like it was just me and my dad just sort of chilling, watching this really campy, like late 80s, early 90s TV show about sure. time travel. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was. I always thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and it's maybe not like a traditional like father son bonding moment. Sure. 
But it's sort of the one I think about when I think about father-son bonding. Like, it was just sort of a thing that that happened kind of organically. And, um, you know, so I have, I have a lot of fond feelings about that. And also Quantum Leap as a show, as cheesy as it was. Sure. I mean, I think that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That was not a funny opening bit. It no. was it was the opposite of that. It was a no, very I wanted to I want I uh-huh. want I you know, oftentimes we go for the ridiculous. I just wanted to go right into the psyche. Okay. Um Hi, I'm Dr. Mike. I'm a psychologist. Not a real doctor. Not, not a real, real psychologist. Not a real any of those. But you know. Uh for me, uh I don't I do have some of the similar like the quintessential american bonding experiences like going to a minor league baseball game and, uh-huh. and but but my favorite thing that i used to do and um um occasionally still do when he when he comes into town is go out for sushi okay um we would go to a place in my hometown uh called kabuki um and we would it's one of those uh uh, uh hibachi no yeah hibachi places yeah where they like chop stuff do the and, chop chop right at uh-huh, the table yep. it's it's i love that it's do, do the chop chop uh-huh. yep <laughs> it's it's the new dance that i like to do that's um, okay I, I can't give you too much crap for that because just i was doing dishes with sarah one day and i couldn't think of the name for a cutting board so i mm-hmm. called it the choppy chop I, and now, I now think it's it a good is name. official. Like, if I ask for a choppy chop, she knows what I'm talking uh-huh. about. <laughs> and if you ask for a cutting board, she's like, "I thought I knew you." Uh huh. Um, no, but we would go to the, like the sushi bar that's in there, and you know they'd always have like you know a college football game on, and we'd be talking and watching the game and eating sushi, and it was just it it felt right, you know. Okay. It was. It was it was it was good to start to work on that relationship with that situation. He came into town. We had uh, a couple weekends ago, and we had tapas, which was nice. Nice, and that that kind of felt similar enough. Although, you know, it wasn't exactly the same. Sure, but yeah, awesome. Yeah, good bonding experiences for we both had in it's our true. lives with our fathers over various uh, non traditional mm-hmm. bonding moments. Me with food and you with cheesy TV shows. I mean, those are two of my favorite things in general. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, fair. Uh huh. I've actually been meaning to do a Quantum Leap rewatch because I think it's still on Hulu. Mm. And uh, I believe there's about a billion people that would love to do a podcast with you. Uh huh. There's already one out there that I know of. Yeah. But you know who you are. Uh, no, I was saying there's already like a quantum leap podcast oh. out there that i know of um yeah with but a very doesn't... similar name to ours <laughs> <laughs> it's, called, it's called uh beckett to the future uh we both came up with our yeah. names independently of one another and we're both part of the same it, it the same b- podcasting group and we're both definitely not uh ripping off back to the future the movie that happened no nope, um, certainly not so uh so yeah, she said that was the name of their podcast. I'm like, ah, oh, you got to be freaking kidding me. Uh, so go check that out. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, yeah, let's. You want to talk about this episode? Sure. Okay, so let's let's get into it. This episode, Cold Warriors, season six, episode twenty four, where the opening says, "We're following you, but not on Twitter." Now, I do want to point out that is. I, I think about not that ex- specific moment, 
Uh, but whenever I say like, oh yeah, somebody I'm following, like <laughs> it has the obvious implication and it's also what I mean that it's somebody I follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but man saying like, oh yeah, somebody I'm, I'm following sounds really nefarious. It does. I, I recognize what Twitter's trying to say is like this person is almost like a leader and everybody follows that person instead of. You know, I'm standing in an alleyway. Uh-huh. Which is a different connotation, certainly. Uh-huh. It's especially weird when I'm when I'm like talking to Sarah and I'm like, oh yeah, this woman I follow. Yep, that's yep. super weird. And then I say on Twitter, and then it really notches that awkwardness down. A I notch. mean, it's still weird. <laughs> it's uh, the internet changes our language in very weird ways. It's true. Um language is moving. This episode starts in 1988 on a snowy lake. I thought it was a good year myself. Uh, I was four. so It was the year in which I was born. Well, you know. <laughs> That's why I say it's a good year. Um, so Fry is hiking with his dad through the forest. And of course, Fry is saddled with all of the equipment. Sure. And Fry's dad is just walking along with a walking stick and, and having a grand old time of it. Uh, Fry complains that he's too cold. Uh, his, his father says, I spent a week in a Swiss glacier. So <laughs> he said he claims that he survived by eating Neanderthals. Uh, and uh, now he just uh, he can't stand the taste of early hominid. Fair. It's <laughs> it, it, it feels like one of those forbidden meats. I can't imagine it comes up very often. Like you don't go to a restaurant and you're like, hmm, steak, chicken, early hominid. Uh, you know, though, it's got that that good taste to it. Yeah, that being said, I just can't do it anymore, though. In the Futurama universe, people do eat mummies. Not spe- not necessarily human mummies, though. That's fair, because they were plant rulers of of other planets. I always assumed they were alien mummies. That's fair. It's still weird, though, because they probably communicate with aliens of that species. Fry falls into the ice after uh, ignoring the advice of his dad, uh, which I don't remember. But basically, it's how to tell if ice is going to crack. Thick and blue, tried and true. Thin and crispy, way too risky. Fry says, crispy and risky don't even rhyme. You know what? I bet if Lin-Manuel Miranda put that in a rhyme, like... No one would question it. Except Fry. I think he would stick to his guns. Do you really think Fry would question lyricist and master awesome dude Lin-Manuel Miranda? I I do, yes. He is stupider than he looks, I suppose. Well, it's elastic. He does fall through the ice, though. (laughs) How do you think we can get Lin-Manuel Miranda to write a rap about Futurama? How do we make this happen? (laughs) (laughs) Every time we do something like this, I'm like, are we trying to make fetch happen? And uh, I'm, I'm constantly trying to make, make fetch happen. <laughs> I literally just changed my Twitter bio back to made fetch happen. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but if I believe in it, if I believe it mm-hmm. has already happened, someday it will have already happened. That's just how math works. So in the present, Fry is going ice fishing with his compatriots just like he did back in 1888 with his dad uh, 1988 so th- with his dad i said 1888 <laughs> you know 
Cool. Fry the I'm, time traveler. I did this last week, too. I'm bad at dates in saying them. In our current time, future dates, great. Doing fantastic. 1988? Uh, 1888. It's the same thing, right? You know how people are like, LOL, it's the new year. And they say LOL out loud. Sure. And they're like, it's the new year. <laughs> I definitely wrote 2018 on this check that I definitely write all the time, despite being in the year 2019. <laughs> Um, haha, but now it's 2019 and I really screwed that up. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, year of birth, 1798. Wait, that's not right. I'm just saying dates now. <laughs> and then people assume I was born during the revolution. And then people assume either I'm really dumb or I'm some sort of vampire that has uh, lived through all that time. Well, I think it's it's kind of neat that you do pepper in that you are a vampire as little clues and no one picks up on them, but I I have. Okay. Well, uh And I'm in. Let's let's solve let's take over the world together, friend. Nice. All right. So this is Vamp to the Futurama. Vamp to the Futurama. <laughs> two two vampires discuss Futurama. I was, I was gonna, I was like, I was like, okay, wait, what do, what what does a vampire (laughs) say to end their sentence to like, be like, I'm a vampire and my brain, my brain freaked out and it was like, I tell you what. (laughs) That's, that's vamp of the hill friend. I, um, uh uh-huh. Yeah. That, that, I don't know what my brain was doing there, but apparently (laughs) my brain thinks, uh, vampires are texan vamp of the hill is what i'm saying like that's the new show we talk about king of the hill but with vampire accents i tell you what blah (laughs) i want to suck your blood i tell you what (laughs) that was so bad i but enjoyable i should be demoted for (laughs) doing that (laughs) what were you major general or something um anyways uh so fry loves ice fishing he says and they go into this little rent a uh like porta potty that has the word potty crossed out and it Mm -hmm. says uh ice fishing shack or something and um they uh they drill a hole um leela's about to laser blast it but Mm -hmm. fry's like no 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 no. this is ice fishing we got to do it the right way no fancy tools just uh or no fancy technology just you know the way it was intended bender use your super robot strength to do this the old timey way and it's it's great because he doesn't recognize the hypocrisy in what he's saying and he announces it loudly. Yeah. So so Bender does use his super robot strength and then just kind of lets go of the drill and it floats away. You only need it that once. I mean, you know, if you wanted to use it again in a different year or a different ice fishing trip. You only need it that once. I suppose. So that, that hole in the ice will still be there next year. It's fine. Holes are permanent. Unless you unless you fix them. If I get a hole in my jeans, that yes. that hole's not going away next year, Mike. Yes, but I don't believe your jeans me- your jeans melt unless I'm here to posit that jeans melt when you look this hot in them. It's true. Um so uh nobody is ice fishing except for Fry because they're all taking a hot cocoa break, which really 
is probably what I would do if I were ice fishing. Uh, Fry instead says, if you're not sober, it isn't ice fishing and starts drinking a beer, which freezes down his throat. Now, I kind of wonder how cold it would have to be outside for a beer to freeze from the time it leaves a can mm-hmm. and enters the throat. I think it would be really, really cold, especially because I believe alcohol reduces the the point it makes it harder to to not freezing, mm-hmm. so it has to be much lower, I believe. Mm-hmm. Do I need to Google freezing temperature of beer? Yes, I would love to see that, and by see, I mean here, just I, like our listeners. I forgot I had a bunch of uh, baby chauffeur hats. <laughs> if you if you would like to know why Ben has so many baby chauffeur hats, it's a Patreon exclusive this week. So it depends on. The strength of the beer, but it ranged uh, in this quick synopsis. Uh, it ranged from twelve degrees Fahrenheit to about five degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which is some temperature in Celsius. <laughs> that is true. Twelve F two C, negative eleven degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. That's cold. It's very cold. So back in nineteen eighty eight. Uh, Fry gets sick due to having fallen in the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is running a fever of 109 degrees. Mm-hmm. His dad calls him a traitor for being home from school. He should be dead. Most likely, yes. 109 degrees. Like, they freak out if it's 104. 109, he should be dead. And yet, he is the chosen one. He There's a, a quick throwback to the seven leaf clover because yancey comes in and drops all of his homework and he's like oh you're so lucky because you don't have to go to school mm-hmm. and then they start fighting and uh there's also a guinea pig there and you know what they say about a guinea pig in the first act you gotta fire that guinea pig in act three so- <laughs> you can't ask for that if that's not what you want to get my friend because I'm no. going to just rattle that off. No, you did You did great. I just hadn't considered the implications of firing a guinea pig until you said the words out loud. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm going to just deliver that line with whatever whatever you want me to. So Fry is missing all the school because he's sick. But during this, this tussle, uh, he sees this flyer that was part of all of his, like, homework mm-hmm. papers called Nerd Search 88. Uh, which Yancey describes as a stupid science contest for smart wads. Sounds good to me. It's a it's a uh, kind of science for- fair where one kid's experiment is going to be launched in space by NASA. Fry's like, I could be a science kid. Uh, his family really doesn't believe him. Yeah, he has no, like, his family is like, you are not, you're just, no, this is just a bad idea. No, no, not a whole lot of support. You know what? fry though i'm out to all the fries out there in tv land Mm -hmm. in podcast land i say follow your dreams because in 1988 nobody and i mean nobody told me i could be a podcaster Mm -hmm. and look at us now now three people tell me i could be a podcaster so look at that i mean how can you even figure out the percentage change it's impossible, literally. So yeah, Fry decides that because he has nothing better to do while he's sick in bed, he's going to enter this. And I, I think he's forgotten his homework. <laughs> I mean, I would too, because homework is dumb and cool science experiments 
or cool. It's right there in the name. That's so fair. he decides to make an experiment about the common cold. There's a cute little transition where he's blowing his nose into the flyer for some reason. And then it kind of transitions to him blowing his nose in the present. I do really like the way they, they set up these transitions between the present they day and the do past. that a lot in a lot of these episodes that sort of straddle two different timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they especially do it in um, kind of like Luck of the Fryrush. Yes. Um, which I canonically love. And sure. um, if you don't believe me, go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, throw us a download. <laughs> uh, um, no, I just, I, I really love it when they do this kind of stuff because like that's that's kind of goofy and gross, but it's like you can see the through line uh-huh. very easily. So in the present, uh, which is 3012. Yes, absolutely. In the present, which is 1296. <laughs> there um, we go. That good old year, 1296. Good no, old year. In 3012, Fry has the common cold, But everybody is like, he says, oh, don't worry, guys. It's just the common cold. And nobody knows what he's talking about. Except for the professor, who is just abjectly terrified of this. Bender is literally like, is it valuable? Could it be taken from you if you were, say, unconscious? Fry doesn't really understand what's going on and why why they're such a big deal. But everyone starts hearing sirens outside. And the CDC has multiple quarantine squad vehicles outside. And they quarantine the Plan X building. Mm-hmm. We also find out that the professor has been worried about this basically from the beginning because the common cold was extinguished 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it literally doesn't exist in the future. And no one has any resistance to it. Mm-hmm. But my problem with this is a glaring cartoon plot hole where they have gone back to the past on multiple occasions. Sure. I, I mean, if nothing else, they go back to the the fifties, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, in Roswell that ends well, and the whole crew is back there. Yep. Like, you're gonna tell me that not a one of them got the common cold while they were there? If especially, they're all that like weak to it, yeah. Especially if there's no resistance for it. Um, go back to the drawing board, Futurama writers. God, just plot hole central over here. It's like I'm trying to walk on Swiss cheese over here. I don't know what accent you were trying to do. I don't know either. It's not as bad as my vampire (laughs) King of the Hill accent, though. I tell you what. (laughs) I want to tell you what. That's Vamp of the Hill coming this fall. I don't even I don't even know anymore. Uh. <laughs> you said it was three people telling you you could be a pastor now, or are we still sure it's three? It's 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 definitely down to two at this point. <laughs> one of those one of those people just heard me do that and they're just like, oh. I have a question. Is it you? Probably. <laughs> So, anyways, where were we? Oh, so uh, they get quarantined. Um, The professor points out that we can't all get panicked at once. We're going to have to do this in shifts, which I will tell you what. (laughs) If I could have someone take a shift of, like, my anxiety and be like, no, 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 I got stuff to do. Uh, You're up next. You get my anxiety. 
for the next six hours while Mm -hmm. I go get stuff done. And then in six hours, it'll be my shift again. And then I'll take that anxiety back. I would do that in a heartbeat. Sure. That would be the most life-changing thing that ever happened to me in all of existence. It would be pretty good. You take my anxiety. I'm going to use the telephone. <gasps> I'm going to call a human being. What? Now, now you've the, actually you you have you've offloaded your anxiety to me because I am like anxious for you in this moment because you're going to use a telephone. Right? Who does that? Who, who does who that? Calls a person on the telephone. The only person of our like age cohort that I've met that is fine with it is my wife. I don't know why. I don't know why she's just like, it's just a phone. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a computer in your pocket that you don't talk to people on. That's not how that works. I will say, except for, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with calling my mom. But that's, you know, a mom. Now, do I have to, if I have to call health insurance? Uh-uh. No. The one place that I no longer have anxiety about calling on the telephone is the Thai food place down the street. Because... I managed to do it in a moment of 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 not having anxiety clarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I called them to place an order ahead of time, so I didn't have to wait to pick it up. And then at that point, my anxiety was like, cool, check it out. You can call the Thai place. And now I'm totally fine calling the Thai food place. If you look at my phone history, it's a bunch of spam calls incoming, mm-hmm. a bunch of calls to the Thai food place outgoing, uh-huh. and then like little spatterings of like, family members here and there but that's it it's basically thai food i call for thai food i should get that on a bumper sticker (laughs) i call for thai food Mm. yeah i don't have i don't have much to follow up on that but you you gotta find the pockets where the anxiety lets you do it and just do it so i mean it's it's so good that you can just get thai basically whenever you feel like it during business hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. During, not at two o'clock in, in, at night, but at six o'clock. Oh, yeah. It's tie time. So, uh, <laughs> but sure enough, they take, they take turns. Like Hermes is up first. So he screams really, really loud. I kind of forgot why we went off on the tie time experience. Yeah. They, they all get quarantined. Uh, we find out that this could be incredibly deadly it could kill millions or nobody it might even bring a few people back to life nobody knows anything is possible with science (laughs) it's good to know professor amy suddenly starts sneezing uh, as she puts it her nose is all gunked up with blork i mean i can think of no better way to say that i've had the common cold she's not wrong not wrong at all gunked up with blork is about the most accurate way to say it yeah agreed so yeah, one by one, they all sort of start getting this cold. They start mm-hmm. sneezing and being really afraid of each other until like yeah. the Le- next one falls. Right. Leela tries to get out and the CDC initiates their containment procedure, which is literally having a scientist hit Leela with a broom. Uh-huh. And it's like, those, get back in there. Through those little like hand dealies that like Homer yeah. used at the, at the radioactive, uh, radioactive plant. The power plant. <laughs> That's what, the one. Yes. The radioactive factory the radioactive factory where they make radioactive um so that's where they made that song it's it's exactly that bender is immune which uh so he's like i've got it easy you're all Mm -hmm. just gonna suffer and maybe die and i'm just gonna relax and they're like nope 
you need to take care of us. You need to nurse us through this because you're immune. And Bender's like, why am I being singled out? Because <laughs> well, you're a robot surrounded by... Uh, by by Gunked up with Blork, people. Gun- gunked up with Blork. We go back to 1988 where Fry is at Thanksgiving dinner at Panucci's. Yep. He's busy working on his science experiment. Uh, and uh, Fry's dad is like... Uh, basically saying, you know, you're never going to win the science fair because you're kind of a dullard. Yeah, you'll um, be lucky to be a pizza delivery boy. And then Barack Obama's there <laughs> uh, delivering pizza. And he's, he's like, like, man, I got to get back, get myself back into law school. It's just the weirdest choice. Now, question. Go on. Did Obama deliver pizzas? Like, is this is this a direct callback or did they... Did they just say it'd be funny if Barack Obama was delivering pizzas at Panucci's Pizza in 1988? I think the second one, but I think he was at or about to go to Columbia. Because I looked this up last night. Because I was like, why is is this? I just Googled, was Barack Obama a pizza delivery guy? (laughs) Which brought me to... The Infosphere. Okay, good. Two different YouTube clips Uh of this episode. Okay, good. Uh, U.S. election 2012. President Barack Obama turns pizza delivery man. So he delivered pizza to a campaign office in Nevada. Like, is that what they're riffing on? Is it like he delivered pizza to people one time? (laughs) Clearly, now we have to write that into an entire, like a tiny little gag in our episode uh so yeah that's either way it's just a weird like addition for apparently no reason yeah there's a, he's he's in there for apparently no reason i feel like it's just <laughs> nice i feel like there's somebody being like hey i've got a decent barack obama how can we get it into <laughs> this episode this this show that's set in 3012 uh-huh and also at the same time 1988 how how do time work so, uh, anyways, yeah, Barack Obama's there. He delivers pizza and decides to go back to law school. Also, a kid named Josh Geji is there, mm-hmm. and he's the science kid to beat. He's a total nerd. You can tell because he's got glasses and a dorky haircut. I I feel attacked by that remark. <laughs> the glasses or the dorky haircut? Kind of both. At that, at, it, when I was in middle school, definitely both. Ah, in middle school, I was just the dorky haircut. Now I've switched to just the glasses. I see. I've somehow figured out hair, I think. It looks okay. <laughs> glasses still got them. You didn't manage to man- uh, get bitten by a radioactive spider and fix your eyesight overnight. Man, I'm, every day, I'm just, I'm just trying. You should have gotten a spider from the radioactive factory. See, this is the see, this is a problem. When I saw Radioactive Factory, I was like, oh no, that's not where I want to be. They only make songs for Imagine Dragons. They see, don't actually make spiders. Exactly. I need to go to the radioactive <laughs> spider factory. And I and I went there and then uh there was just nothing. They were all out of stock. I don't know how a factory's all out of stock, but they were. What even is this? What are we doing? The 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 dumb stuff. Like we always do. <laughs> we we find out that, that Josh Gedgey is the kid to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely a nerd. I think they sort of exchanged some words that I didn't write down. He does a joke about like 
pi over four radians or something. I didn't pick. Oh yeah, it. some yeah. math. Joke. Some math joke. He's like, is that kind of a slice? It's like exactly a slice. <laughs> uh huh. Because every nerd, every nerd is pompous. Mm-hmm. It's it's what we do. We definitely know a lot of things, and then rub uh, it in people's rub faces. it in people's faces. We never have to Google things uh, on a live recording mm-hmm. ever. Yep. We, we don't have them. We don't have songs about that. Certainly not. So, uh, there's also a weird joke where uh, Fry sneezes the the uh, he calls it uh, tissue walrus or sure. whatever. Uh, I think we've all been there. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, I've been there. He sneezes them out on the pizza, and then his dad eats it because he's like, "Eh, I've had worse." Back in Korea, I had to eat kimchi. Kim Chi was our interpreter. That's a just a bizarre joke to throw in that moment. I mean, basically, this whole episode is designed to make us think that his dad is a cannibal. He eats early <laughs> hominids. He eats late hominids. <laughs> we have we have not heard how he eats middle hominids yet. Uh huh. He doesn't seem to care for any of it, though. I mean, he's gone on record saying he doesn't like early hominid. It's true, and that that eating kimchi was worse than a pizza with a tissue pizza with with used tissue on it so you know he eats he is a cannibal he just doesn't like it <laughs> it's, it's, it's canonical <laughs> back in the present uh futurama what a great tv show for, for kids <laughs> sometimes i say things that happen in these in this tv show and i'm like <laughs> why do I like this show again? Like in that one moment where I say a sentence and I'm like, huh? Yep. This show that I say that I love just definitely did that weird. Yeah. Um, but then I watched the rest of the episode. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a great show and I love it. But back in the present, Bender is a humidifier. I literally called everything a damn mess. It is a, it's a damn mess. Just everything's just going bad he's he has fallen asleep while trying to make some soup and then they want the humidifier and then they want the soup and so he pulls out uh, he's like here a chicken water and a lighter you take it from there <laughs> it's very good i do like the fact that the crew is sitting in a will willy wonka and the chocolate factory style bed it's very good like the, why the, the fact that the fact that Charlie Bucket's whole family was just like in this big old bed is super weird. Super weird, right? That's not just me, right? That's it's super weird. Bizarre. I love it. It it gives you an indication of there's only one bed. It's very big. It's most of the house, but it, it's a bed. I don't even think Charlie sleeps on it. No, he sleeps no in room. the corner. Uh-huh. There's no room for Charlie on that bed. That's for the old people. Yeah. The old people get the, the bed and Charlie gets the corner. He probably sleeps on a floor or something. Or like maybe he's maybe he's got like a little like dog cushion that he got. I could hope. Uh-huh. May, who knows? I feel like we in that movie we do see Charlie Bucket waking up at one point. I don't really remember much of that movie. All I remember is is the bed and also horrifying get, nightmare tunnel yeah that and you get nothing oh and yeah i say it. i say that a lot mostly i remember the horrifying nightmare tunnel um it is a choice for a for a, a i wonder if it's in the books i don't know um if you've read uh charlie and the chocolate factory please let us know if horrifying nightmare tunnel where worms are crawling out of people's faces or whatever and it's like a really bad acid trip yeah is in the books 
tweet at Back to Futurama. Send us a screen cap of the no the, the text where it says oh, yes where it says and then uh, Charlie Bucket saw faces behind Willy Wonka and there were like worms crawling out of it. I want to see that screenshot. It literally says the worst acid trip you could ever consider. It's like I was reading this when I was five. Bender decides to leave. Because he's had it with this Charlie Bucket household. Also, Zoidberg gushes on what I'm going to just going to assume is mucus on all over him. It's really hard to say with Zoidberg. I don't. I mean, if it's not. It is green. If it's not mucus, I don't know. I don't want to know what it is. Bender decides after this, this hopefully mucus inf- incident. Um, it's weird when you can say, hopefully that was mucus. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's the best case scenario here. After the hopefully mucus incident. Uh, Bender decides to leave, so he manages to steal the keys by stretching out through those little gloves in the mm-hmm. wall and stealing the keys out of the pocket of of one of the scientists. Mm-hmm. And he just walks out, and then he shakes the hand. He's still got like green blork all over his. Whatever, whatever his. it was, uh-huh. I'm just gonna, gonna call it blork because blork. That, blork. That's that, a good one. That removes any necessity for me to know. Uh, he still has green blork all over his hands, and he personally shakes the hand of the entire containment team to be like, you fellas are doing a great job. And he even, like, mushes one in the face like a little baby. And, and he's like, what a what a darn nice fellow that was. And we'll get back to that in a moment, because it's 1988. Fry has put a guinea pig in his locker, and... Uh, uh, Josh Gedgey comes up and they exchange some words about how Fry is dumb and Gedgey's going to win this thing. And Fry reveals that his plan is that he is going to infect his guinea pig with the common cold and then send it to space to see if it cures it. I believe he thinks it's going to be cured by cosmic rays. Neat. Uh, this is when Gedgey decides to steal it and makes it a little less very stupid. And then we get a science montage. A spacefaring montage. I liked it. And it's it's it's, it's really goofy for the one that uh, you can see the lander splashing down in a tub, which his father's in. <laughs> and he's like, what? And then the, the guinea pig pops out and he salutes. <laughs> because he's, he's wearing the American flag. I love it so much. That That is... I think my favorite part of the the space montage. It's, it's it's so good it needed to be talked about. Um yeah, so it's this montage about uh Fry getting the guinea pig prepared for space set to nothing's going to stop us now. Mm-hmm. So back in the present, we cut to a newscast from Morbo and Linda who are both very sick with the common mm-hmm. cold. Uh they're reporting on the out of control spread of the common cold and they both kind of like remember Philip J Fry is who we need to beat up. Yeah, they straight up were like, it's that guy's fault. So, like, make sure you wash your hands after you beat him up. Yeah. And then uh, Morbo points out the situation is expected to deteriorate as newscasters whip the city into a panic. Run! It's very good. I really like uh, Fry's like, well, at least I'm with you guys. And then the rest of the crew is like, that's him. Get him. And they start beating him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very funny to me that he thinks he's safe. And the crew is 100% wanting to kill him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're sharing this giant bucket family bed. Yeah. So, like, because they're all just sick as a dog. Yep. 
down at the i don't remember what they called it um i don't remember i just called it the underground white house yeah i think they had a specific name for it uh, like subterranean or something yeah but anyways if you remember tweet it back to futurama zap Brannigan and uh president richard nixon's head mm-hmm. are down there talking about worst case scenarios uh nixon orders the release of the surgeon general who ends up being wernstrom mm-hmm Wernstrom's projections about the spread of the cold will infect the entire planet in 36 hours. Yeah, they've got a map that's like shows how it's spreading, and it reminded me of Plague Inc., which I played a lot of when it came out mm-hmm. way back in the day. Yeah, because I liked infecting the world with mm-hmm. ironically named diseases like happiness. Um, yeah, and also you can never get Canada and or Greenland and or Madagascar. Mm-hmm. They are the impenetrable bastions of health close the ports so zap decides to do uh, he's like we we only have one option protocol 62 dun 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 and then nixon says well we don't have enough piranhas for that and uh, so he's like all right protocol 63 it is dun 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 and what protocol 63 is is that uh, they all uh, the the quarantine on Planet Express gets lifted. Mm-hmm. This like plastic tent that is basically uh, sealing off the building gets taken off, and they all walk outside, and then they see black helicopters coming in and blanketing the entirety of Manhattan. And then after Manhattan gets blanketed, the Nimbus shoots a big laser to cut Manhattan out of the Earth, mm-hmm. and then it gets brought up into space toward the sun to just eradicate the virus and yep. also everybody. Yeah, it's not like Manhattan is a you know a huge amount of people in it. Wernstrom shows up on the TV screen saying that there's no way to make a vaccine for the common cold. The professor throws a uh, a lamp at it and says that there is. There is a catch though, and that catch is that. Fry needs to be turned into a virus milkshake, as he puts it, mm-hmm. uh, to extract the original version of the cold, and that will make a vaccine. And this is definitely how science really works for real. It's wink, true. Wink. Uh, Leela's like, no, Professor, you can't do this. Fry's like, if if it's the only way to save everyone, I'll, I'll do it. The professor's like, he consented. You all heard it. <laughs> we cut back to 1988. We cut to the uh, science fair mm-hmm. in question, and uh, there it's because it's it's a very space NASA specific thing. Yes. So there's things like the space farm and the space calculator hat and guinea pig in space. It's true. Uh, Gedgy shows up with his uh, common cold experiment, and uh, Fry's dad is way more impressed with that than Fry's experiment. I mean, in fairness, yes. That's fair. Fry's experiment, not great. Gedgie's pretty impressive. It's fair. I understand, like, you should support your son, but also, he's not wrong. It's fair. Either way. So, um... We, we go back... <laughs> you just, we you just, just look real, like, down about that. I... I understand that Gedgie's is a probably a better experiment but there's a a whimsy to fry's experiment that no one seems to really give enough credit to he was a little bit of lateral thinking was going on 
Granted, he didn't really think too much about, oh, my pet, my guinea pig, the thing that I have been trusted with keeping alive. Like, yeah, let's ship that into space. But at least he's thinking some like mm-hmm. Gedges is just I'm gonna fire literal petri dishes of the common cold into space, and while that's interesting and probably generates important knowledge for mankind, it's not. There's no whimsy to it, you know. I think the I whimsy is important. Feel like like the space calculator hat. I feel like more people would have been impressed if they had watched the montage as we did. Exactly, it, that, was, a, it was a good montage. It is a spacefaring guinea pig. So, um, which 100% I looked for a name of and it did not exist. The the name of the guinea pig? Yeah. Or I didn't see a name of the guinea pig. Okay. I went to the infosphere and it's like Fry's guinea pig. I'm like, okay. Well, I just wasn't sure if you were saying you looked up the name of the guinea pig or if you typed in the phrase spacefaring guinea pig as though you wanted to reserve it as like a band name or something. Oh, see, now that would be a good band name. It would be pretty good, or a good album name, because you could make some really cool cover art for the for the album. Why not both? It's a self titled album. There you go. You got to have an eponymous album. Exactly. So that's uh huh. Just add it to the list of ne- all the Neptunian bands we're in. Millhouse. <laughs> uh, I think I came up with like five of them last week. Anyways, yeah, it's fine. We love making band names here at Back to the Futurama Enterprises. One of these days, I'll just have to make a band. I'll, I I it's just what i'll have to do mm-hmm. which which of your uh, I- uh instruments will you be playing in that band uh well it depends if, if i'm gonna go with rock I, i'm okay. gonna go with my guitar and if okay. i go with folk uh, i just got a mandolin a couple of weeks ago Excellent. so you know i've got options or a bass or a ukulele or any of the other instruments that i want to buy but don't have the money to do <laughs> Um, it's fine. I've got a problem. It's and fine. Now, he, why, what you could do is you could layer, you, you go one of those little pedals that you can like record yourself doing a loop and then switch instruments and then it's just you. You're just the band. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just have to get really good at like four instruments instead of mediocre at four instruments. That's all. I mean, I think you could probably make it work with me- mediocrity. No one ever said the band had to be good. In the present. Which in my notes, I wrote the president um, in the present. <laughs> Dates are still hard. <laughs> Dates are still hard. <laughs> Even when I'm using terms like present. Um, Fry says that they just need to find the Nerd Search 88 satellite. Uh, so the crew blasts off in the Planet, Expr- uh, Planet Express ship and try to blast through the quarantine, but their weapons aren't strong enough. They're not strong enough to puncture a thin plastic tent that thick. Uh, I, that leads me to ask a lot of questions about how strong the weapons actually are. Uh-huh. I, but it's, it's a good line. I like oh, it's a line. very good line. Uh, but they don't need to because the as they are escaping, of course, Zap sees this and his reaction is, just shoot him. So he shoots a big old missile that punctures right through that uh, thin plastic mm. tent that is thick. Uh, my favorite thing about that is Kiff is like, but shouldn't we? And then Zap just takes his face and slams the fire button with it. I think I just like the image of that. Um, also, the quarantine shield just kind of regenerates. Yeah, it's a pretty cool shield. It's a neat shield. <laughs> That's a neat plastic shield you got there. We find out that all satellites were picked up as space junk in uh, 2113, I think. You nailed it. Awesome one day at a time my friend we're gonna do it together uh but they also 
managed to find that that satellite was sent to Enceladus, Saturn's ice moon. Also known as Saturn's main dump moon. That's not cool. I'm just repeating what the professor says. Enceladus is cool, though. No, I know. I'm just saying. I, and I'm just disagreeing with the professor. That's fine. I have nothing against you, Mike. Oh, good, because I'm just, I'm, I'm reporting. I'm, I'm taking, the messenger. I'm taking beef with the professor. I'm a, I'm a journalist. So, Not a journalist. Uh, they go to Enceladus, and uh, Fry manages to accidentally break everybody but himself through the ice using his same tried and true wisdom he got from his father mm-hmm. back in 1988. Uh, so they all, Fry somehow joins them down there. And he opens the satellite, and they're saved because the experiment's in, still in there. Uh, we get a brief vignette back in 1988 where Buzz Aldrin is there to judge the contest, mm-hmm. which is cool. I like how Buzz Aldrin, like, just he had a point in his life where he's just like, "I'm going to be on all the TV shows." Like, I mean, was, I would do it. He was in this. He was on Thirty Rock where he yelled at the moon. Um, he was in like, there's a couple other ones that I can't think of off the top off the top of my head, but like, he was just like. Yeah, I'll guest on your TV show. Yeah, I'll be weird and eccentric and yell at the moon or like say things like there's definitely moon men on the moon. I think that's a great way for a career to go. I I mean, if you're Buzz Aldrin, I've already been in space. I've been mm-hmm. on the moon. What else is there? Uh, we're not going to Mars yet. So uh-huh. my life pretty much rocks. So whatever. You're going to pay me to say weird stuff about moon men. Let's go. Right? We should all be so lucky. Exactly. I'm not getting paid anything to say weird stuff about moon men. Maybe we should go to the moon. Maybe. Let's Maybe. do it. Got any plans this weekend? Let's just go to the moon. Yeah, no, that's fair. Cool. So yeah. just call up Elon Musk and be like, hey, like, hey, hey buddy. You, got, you don't have much going on, Elon, right? We could be the first podcast from the moon. Ooh. Think about that. Our, okay, I like this. Let's record. <laughs> My goal is to record Back to the Futurama on the moon. PJ Patel wins uh, runner-up for his calculator space hat. I knew that calculator space hat was very good. But then Geji wins the grand prize of having his experiment sent up on the satellite into space. And Fry's dad, basically, uh, he's like, yeah uh i don't remember exactly what he said i think he's like i'll circle the car yeah just like it's a real attitude of like obviously you weren't gonna win right see that's where i have the problem with it like it's fine to say oh yeah geji's experiment is like really cool but just being like i knew you were gonna screw up like that's not that's not the good support yeah it's not a good support uh from the dad there i don't think um so back in the present which i've spelled right this time hey see um, we're improving one date at a time we uh fry is like well you know um it's a good thing i didn't win because geji's experiment's still here and we have the original cold virus um and honestly my experiment uh it wouldn't have lasted like at all in the vacuum of space also buzz aldrin ran over my guinea pig in the parking lot it's such a good line it's 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 better as a line than a visual it's yeah like Imagine it's, if you could say Buzz Aldrin ran over my guinea pig and like have it be a real thing. Yeah, and like, and it took this long for Fry to tell everyone. I would, that would, I, I would, would, that would lead with that. Yeah, I'd be, you'd be like, "Hi, what's up? Uh, my name is Mike. Yeah. I I work at a place and like I do programming." And I'd be like, "Buzz Aldrin ran over my <laughs> guinea pig." Like the first time I meet you at a party, I'd just be like, mm-hmm. 
Buzz Aldrin ran over my guinea pig. Y- you know, in all those corporate retreats where you do an icebreaker and it's like, tell some two uh, truths and a lie. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But see, the problem is you got to match it up with equally weird things because you can't be like, I was born in Minnesota. I uh, ate tacos for breakfast. Buzz Aldrin ran over my guinea pig. Honestly, I think that's funnier if you do it that way. Because that at that point, it's like, oh, clearly there's a lie. But wait, it's it's gamesmanship at this point. It's like, well, that's too crazy. That's too buck wild. Who could? No, that has to be a truth. And now which one's the lie? You're not actually from Minnesota. It's like, ha ha. My, my lie was the Buzz Aldrin one the whole time. Anyways, tweet your two truths and a lie at Back <laughs> to the Futurama. Um, don't indicate which one Buzz Aldrin running over your guinea pig is. So, because uh, we we don't know, and we we rather have it be a truth. With this, they manage to get Manhattan put back into place. They get the quarantine lifted, and then they vaccinate everybody. Which honestly, I think is the wrong order to do it in. But that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I believe they they determined they need to cram Manhattan back in its rightful hole. And they do. And then uh, there's a quick joke about vaccinations in rear on a sign. Mm-hmm. And and also the uh, the professor stabs Wernstrom with a fork. Because he's like, this will hurt. And now for the vaccination. And Leela's like, you know, you saved millions of lives. You should be proud, no matter what your dad said. We get a, uh, a flashback to the original ice fishing day where in the shack, his dad is like, even though I give you the business sometimes, that's just my way to build you up to be strong and resilient and and that he loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, you're going to face stuff that I don't even, uh, I can't even comprehend, but I know you'll pull through and make me proud. I love you, son. And then he gives Fry a sip of his beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a very touching moment right there at yeah, the end. It's a, it's very touching, yeah. And then that brings us into... Great. I don't think that the the 1988 sections of this sh- of this episode are as successful as some of the other t- times we do this kind of back and forth between l- like luck of the fur Irish like you mentioned. Everything just feels very stacked against Fry and the twist of him not winning just kind of makes it all kind of just suck <laughs> to, for for lack of a better word. Um I get where that where it's going with but and then finally having Fry really kind of make a smart decision at the end, knowing some information. I think it's funny. I think there are bits and pieces that are better than others. Um, I, I, I kind of feel it uneven. Um, and usually when that that's the case, I really can't say more than like a C plus. So okay. I think it's, it's not what I'm going to seek out. It's fine. It's uneven. There's some good bits and there's some mad bits. So C plus. Okay. Um, I, I mean, so, okay, there's the glaring plot holes and I'm just going to pretend they're not there because Mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm going to be picky about plot holes in a sci-fi cartoon show by Matt Groening, um, half of the episodes are going to be F's. So pretending those don't exist, even though this very specific one does bug me more than the average one, but I'm going to pretend that doesn't exist. Okay. So, um, I think that, um, I mean, I think. I think you're right. I think the 1988 plot line is sort of thin. Um, and yeah, the the sort of 
dislike from his dad, which I mean we've gotten before in previous episodes. Sure. He's not the best father. But But it, it's just so constant. It does feel a little heavy. Um, and I get that it's it's all for that payoff at the end. And I do think I do think the payoff is very good. Sure. Um I'm not gonna lie, I was a little emotional there at the end. Sure. Because I I like a lot of the Comedy Central episodes. I sort of forgot about this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of these, it's it's not the first time I've seen them, but a lot of my reactions to them are almost like it's the first time. Right. Feels like the very first time. So I was thinking about it and I decided against it. So thank you. So I do think that it it pays off, but I just don't find the the rest of the story. It's not that I find his... Uh, berating fry to be like too much okay i mean it is it's a lot but yeah, it's, it's, a lot. it's not that's not my problem with it my problem with it is the 1988 storyline is just not particularly engaging okay fair enough i think the rest of the episode is is pretty funny it's it's got a lot of moments that uh made me chuckle um i think overall it was pretty good uh i'd give it uh i'm right on the edge between like a b minus and a b um, okay. I will give it the benefit of the doubt for that very last moment that gave me legit feels mm-hmm. uh, and I'll, I'll give it a B. Yeah. I just, I, I, maybe this is just my opinion, but I don't, f- I, I, I see what they're going for at the end. I just don't feel like they really earned it because his father is such a jerk throughout the rest and saying, Oh, I was just doing that to try and stiffen, you know, like toughen you up is, doesn't really feel earned to sure. me at least so that's why i don't think i, I don't think it's as successful even if there were pieces where he wasn't just kind of like straight up saying you're dumb <laughs> like that's at, at, at least in my opinion sure. i are yeah um but we want to know what all of your opinions are um so you can let us know what you think about this episode and if fry's dad went too far or not too far enough or if that payoff at the end was really great. Or if you have two truths and a lie, please tell mm-hmm. us about those. We do want those. Also, what else did we have? We wanted um, something. Uh, we, wa- we wanted your opinion or facts on a thing that I've already forgotten. Mm-hmm. So clearly it was the most important thing it we talked about in this super episode. super important. And we need to know. So please let us know. You can do that. By emailing us at Back to the Futurama Podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Back to Futurama. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe, and send to your friends. And let's not all get our noses with Blork this time, guys. Uh-huh. Yes, please. And uh don't forget to uh uh take shifts in worrying about things. We're we're already starting here at Back to the Future and Back to the Futurama Enterprises, and it's going pretty well. Um, I have a lot of anxiety right now, and I'm feeling fine. <laughs> so it's going. I would say mixed feelings. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Other mm-hmm. than our uh, as standard uh, announcement about March Ocean Madness following this. So uh, we do have we did have a fun Patreon exclusive. If you want to join the Patreon. If you if you really like the movie <laughs> Baby Driver, so or think it's legitimately about a, a baby who drives uh, old men around, and you can find out where Ben is on this spectrum. 
that's patreon.com slash back to futurama um and i think that's it so i I think we've done enough uh until next time i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow We're nearly there. The Elite Ocean 8 have competed, and there are now stand only four. Let's check the results of the last round. Looking really forward to this one, Mike. Scruffy handily defeated Lur, who is going to have to figure out a new way to take over Earth. Looks like he's going back to Omicron Percy I-8, Mike. Hedonism Butt sent Nibbler back to being cute, all while having one rager of a party. He's not cute, Mike. He's a general. Kiff Croker beat Morbo, who couldn't stoke enough fear in the masses to vote for him. Finally, in one of the biggest shockers of the tournament... Hypnotoad was defeated by the robot devil, who I'm told, right now, is writing a song right now about this. The real ironic punishment, Mike, because I had Hypnotoad to win it all. That leaves one hell of a final Ocean 4. We're in the endgame now, so let's get to business and look at those matchups. There's two more rounds to go, Mike. Hedonismbot has a stiff challenge by Scruffy. You know, the janitor. Never seen him before, Mike. Kiff Croker isn't looking forward to it, but he's ready to face off with the robot devil. Has Kiff ever even been to New Jersey, Mike? This time, next week, we'll know the two competitors that will face off for the championship. Remember to vote for your winner for each matchup and join us next week for the final Ocean 4 recap and championship preview for March Ocean Madness 2019. That's right, Mike. Make sure that you vote for your favorites before next Tuesday, April 23rd at noon Pacific time. It was a real close one this time, and every vote matters, so make sure your vote's heard. You can do that by going to NeptunianMillhouse.com. That's NeptunianMillhouse with one L, dot com. Your March Ocean Madness headquarters. Remember, ride the walrus.